it's rough as guts and like your your vagina comes out looking like an aggravated naked mole rat it's the genius Hi everyone, welcome back to the Genius Portal podcast. I'm here with Meryl Partman today and we have a really fun conversation planned today. We're going to be talking about all things to do with pubes and body stuff and look, let's be honest, wherever the conversation takes us, I am really passionate about normalizing conversations and it's actually one of the biggest intentions that we hold in the genius portal in general in our spaces in synchronized maybe we want to normalize talking about emotions and sensual essence we want to normalize talking about all things about sex in mym we want to normalize talking about money but today we want to talk about pubes so mel would you like to kick us off by saying hey and sharing where your passion for pubes began. <laughs> hey everyone, guess who's back, back again. So nice you had to have me twice. Um, my passion for pubes, great question. Um, oh wow. My passion for pubes has come along, especially this year. Since I've started nude beaching, I'll tell you what, my passion for pubes has um, been lit on fire because I realised that um, strolling amongst the nude beach where like everyone has their clothes off and there is no guessing, um, that lots of women decide to remove it permanently. And it made me feel like I was the only one who was rocking a full bush at at the nude beach. So I was like, wow, like... Like what's what's happening here or what's my preferred choice or it's actually kind of special that like I'm rocking a full bush today. Um, but my, I think like I've always been pretty self-conscious in terms, especially when I've been dating men, um, how I've been grooming myself down there and I really want to get even more so over this hurdle of, feeling that I need to be trimmed or groomed a certain way in order for a man to find the clitoris (laughs) or enjoy having oral sex with me. I really want to just be be comfortable with this wild woman look as much as I feel comfortable and sexy with clean shaven or trimmed. Like I just want to be rocking my feminine gloriousnessness um in all her hair and non-hair flavors ellie can you enlighten me where your passion for pubes has grown (laughs) oh my gosh yes i can i i just love them is where i'm at now like i just love being in a space with my body where i just let her do her thing 
and I didn't always feel like that. And I remember one of my exes actually saying to me, like, babe, he was, I used to get full Brazilians and I actually started moving towards getting laser treatment. And he was like, babe, where's it coming from? Where's it coming from? And he actually was the first person that made me stop and think about why I was removing my hair and why I felt like that was how I could be sexy and that was the thing to do and that that was even what my partner wanted. And he pointed out to me, it was really interesting, he was like, I actually prefer pubes. And it blew my mind a little bit. And he was like, you know, just because I value the nature of whoever I'm spending time with, if I'm going to perform the most intimate acts with this person, I want to be performing that with the fullness of their nature. And he backed that up by also saying, if it was in my heart, if it was in my nature to be completely clean shaven or waxed or lasered or whatever, that that was okay too, obviously. But his ethos or his premise was that I actually hadn't even connected with what I wanted and that I was just doing and molding myself into what I thought was desirable and what I thought would please whoever I was with, what I thought would make me, if I'm really honest, less gross. And when he pointed this out, I just realized I was like, far out, like this conditioning and this culture is so ingrained in me that I think I have to be a certain way in order to be desirable. And I don't think that me just being me is desirable or me just being me could be wanted, could be sexy, could be even comfortable. I didn't even think that I could be comfortable. And so I just challenged myself and it really did. I mean, he inspired it, right? Like the challenge definitely came from both of us, but I decided to just grow my hair. And it's really funny, actually, I'm just realizing right now in high school when I was 14 or 15, I remember somebody betting me, a couple of my friends bet me that I wouldn't shave my legs for like four weeks or something. They bet me that I wouldn't grow my leg hair out. I think it was four weeks, six weeks maybe. Anyway, because it was deemed as this embarrassing thing for a girl to have leg hair. And I was like, how much is the bet? Ever the entrepreneur? And I was like 20 bucks or something. And I was like, mate, I will get my $20. Watch me grow this hair. And I did. And it was so interesting witnessing. It was like I had to tell everyone that I was growing it for a bet. I couldn't just be growing it. And the same thing happened with my pubes. It was like I became accepting within myself of, okay, I'm going to grow them. But then when I went in public or when I went to a spa and I was nude with people or when I, I have like super high cut bathers, so it would be like pubes spilling over the edges of the sides of my bathers and I'd have to be like, oh, I'm just growing my pubes to become more comfortable with my body. I had to just tell everyone. It was like this intense compulsion as though 
if I told people and if there was a reason, like a good reason for me to grow my pubes, then I would still be good. I'd still be lovable. I'd still be able to be desired even and accepted, I think, more than anything else. Um, and to go back to when I was at high school, I grew my leg hair out and I got my, I got my cash. And then the bet extended and it was like double or nothing. We grow it long enough to wax it. And then I actually just fell in love with waxing my legs. But because they would be clean shaven for longer, like because I would be hairless for longer, that's why I loved it. Not because I actually loved it. So Mel, tell us, have you been a waxer? And if so, where on your body would you wax? And where did that start? Like, why did you begin doing that? There would have been a day where you were like, oh, today I'm going to wax my armpits. Tell us your story. Waxing. I've only ever waxed one part of my body and that is probably the most sensitive part. I, uh, I used to get Brazilian waxes when I was just starting to be sexually active and that was quite late for me. I wasn't really having sex until I was about 20 but it was basically yeah I wanted to make sure that because I did feel like really self-conscious that I was like uh, compared to I guess most teenagers lose their virginity when they're teens but I felt I was really late to the punch in terms of my social group so I felt like like I wanted to be presented very nicely for a man to um, take bedroom pleasure with me. So I, I started getting Brazilians and that was a thing that I kept up for, yeah, I reckon for like maybe a year. And then I, I got into like a long distance relationship. So whenever uh, the week before, a couple of days before, he would fly in or I would fly out. I would make sure that I would get waxed as well. And yeah, and I can tell you straight up that it wasn't necessarily what my heart wanted. It was purely coming from pornography and wanting to be this sexy woman because that was really the only resources that I had for what it looked like quotation marks to be a a sexually liberated woman and yeah so that's what I did and it was like intense like I don't know if anyone here has had a Brazilian wax before but it literally feels like (laughs) you're sweating on the table because it feels like you're in a Spanish inquisition with your waxer (laughs) even though they're the most lovely people but it's like it's a really and like my pubes are dense like there is a dense clitoral foliage (laughs) on here um like it's it's rough as guts and like your your vagina comes out looking like an aggravated naked mole rat um because of the the trauma experience (laughs) and um yeah and like sure you get like smooth for like one to two weeks then it starts growing back but it's also like I have to be so 
self-conscious about exfoliating and applying applying all these topical creams uh, to maintain this, that by the end of it, I was like, why am I dumping all of these lotions and potions on a like area of my body that I've just done this to? Like it seems so, it seems counterintuitive or it seems like really high maintenance and I'm not a like high maintenance body person, like the less maintenance, the better, like yearly haircut slash like I don't wear makeup. Like I really don't enjoy like having a vigorous routine of like self-care in terms of like grooming. And I, yeah, I just got to a stage where I was like, like this probably isn't the best or I started to experience ingrowns and that's fucking painful as it is because I like also have a skin condition where like I'm really prone to like cystic acne sometimes down there if I'm doing stuff that aggravates it and I was just like I don't think this is a winner for me but also like if I can only see my boyfriend and feel okay about my vulva if I'm a bald ego like that's like not sustainable or that's not something that, you know, makes me feel truly liberated inside. Like I would love to um, just feel okay to have hair or like to be okay to just have like a courtesy trim. Like fair enough if you don't want to have a full bush in your mouth during oral sex, but like hair is meant to be there. And like, yeah, it's just – Like, I don't want to be self-conscious that I have hair on my butthole because it just grows there. Like, it's just there (laughs) and it's meant to be there and, like, it's natural or, yeah. So that's where I have indulged in waxing. I can't self-wax at all because I do not have the stamina or the endurance to actually rip it off once I've put it on. (laughs) I'm very aversive to pain naturally. So, yeah, I think I did, like, three or four wax strips on my legs one time and then I was like no because I couldn't pull fast enough and then the wax stayed on my leg and I was like fuck this shit um but yeah that's me (laughs) thanks for sharing I used to wax my legs myself and really that started after that bet that I had in high school and my friends waxed my legs for me the first time because they thought that it'd all be really fun and really funny. Um, it was for them. It was quite painful for me, but also funny. Um, but now that I look back on it, it's not that funny. Like, why is it? Why is it funny for us to to sit and pull hair out and you know put my body in that position, like to be in pain like that and. I remember the first time I ever got a Brazilian, it was actually after my high school sweetheart and I had broken up and I was heartbroken and we were getting ready to go to Levis, um, which for those who don't know in Western Australia, I think in all of Australia, is like a week-long celebration party that is put on after high school finishes and it's meant to be like drugs and alcohol free zone. It's definitely not, but it is monitored and you have to like pay and get a wristband and there's security and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I wanted to be ready to to mingle. And I thought the only way that was okay to do that was if I had 
deleted the hair down there um, because I was coming from having been in a relationship where I was really comfortable with my body, really comfortable with myself and my high school sweetheart always reassured me that however I was was okay. That was really beautiful. But then as soon as I was in the position of, oh, like what if I hook up with somebody? Like what if I end up with someone? What are they going to think of me down there? I just assumed that it had to be that I had no hair and I had nightmares for like three days before that waxing session and I actually think that I cancelled it and then I rebooked in because I was freaking out. I was absolutely freaking out about the thought of spreading myself out on a table and someone ripping the hairs out of me and I second what you say, Mel. It does feel like sweating under the Spanish Inquisition. Um, it's intense. But what has your conversation been like with lovers or with, I think you've your lovers have been men typically or always, <laughs> um, but what's your conversation with lovers about pubes like? Does that happen or is it like not something that really you have a conversation about? I think we do like mention it briefly, but it's, <clears throat> pardon me, um, like definitely for like more of like a long-term lover, like it, it comes up or I do ask like, what's your preference? Because I do have this inkling with me to make my body like a really fun and spacious zone for them to explore. So if they're, like really aversive to something like I'm open to you know trimming something here or there or you know like if you if you shave down there and you get that stubbly grow back like that's can be quite uncomfortable when you're um you're thrusting each other or if he's going down with you it's like pash rash for downstairs but so I do have like a a conversation about it but I think um yeah like no one has ever said to me like full bush is my jam I think but I would like be so turned on and impressed if that was like a man said that to me but some don't mind hair or hair on top but not so much on the lips and then I'm like I feel like that's counterintuitive in terms of like me self-grooming because I can't I can't trim the lips if there's bush on top <laughs> like it's it's a very um it's a very fun body angles process when I'm trying to trim downstairs but um yeah I used to with my with my longest term boyfriend a couple years ago I used to ask and we used to trim each other um just because um we didn't have a preference of having like a lot of hair um a lot of long hair uh when we were giving each other oral sex so like we did that and that was fine um but yeah I think I just put more self-imposed standards on myself as to how I should look or going the extra mile rather than like really asking what my boyfriend or lover's like preference was and actually feel like as I'm sort of developing 
more in this space and growing my confidence and just really owning who I am it's like if I rock up with a full bush especially for like the initial interactions like I but I hope he just deals with it but I hope he embraces me like as I hold my ground and it's only if you like really enter a relationship with me that I would like consider offers to like alter myself really but I want to like really choose like my natural state or I want to choose the frequency where I feel most alive and most sensual and for that to just be standalone rather than me having to contort myself to impress someone um but yeah that's me where Ellie I have a question for you like what do you think is like the most common reasons or misconceptions why we feel we need to groom that area what do you think the stories are I feel like that is such a huge question and I mean we're all unique right we all have our own stories but what I have found a lot is it's embarrassing like we actually think that it is embarrassing to have body hair and if you're listening to this and you don't grow out your body hair I just want you to have a think about like how would you feel walking at the beach if you grew out your hair everywhere how would you feel would it be on your mind and I think for most of us who haven't explored this avenue of ourselves yet it's going to be on our mind it's such a thing it's a really big consideration whereas what I really see in my community who have a lot of body hair which to be fair is kind of my whole community a lot of um is that everyone just loves themselves and everyone has done a lot of work to accept themselves as they are and there's like this value of being connected with nature and then being in the natural expression of oneself and I mean you have to ask yourself the question right if we were actually living in the wild would we be waxing our pubes like probably not it probably wouldn't be on the top of our to-do list so it's interesting that we've constructed this paradigm this society where that's the norm where that's what so many of us are doing and yeah I think the stories come from the the media that we consume I mean the porn that we consume there's a lot of there's a lot of waxed shaven vaginas penises vulvas everything um I've never watched heaps of porn if I be really honest and when I watched porn it would have been woman on woman in which case I find that it's not always full naked like it's a little bit different um but films I don't think I've ever watched a film where one of the characters have been at the beach and had pubes spilling over the side of their bathers I don't think I've ever watched a film where there's been like an empowering conversation about pubes if you know of one if you're listening to this please send us in a recommendation I'll 100% watch that but I even grew up seeing my mum trim 
And yeah, I think I just genuinely thought that it was going to make me undesirable. And what comes to mind is the male gaze, because it was never really a consideration when I was with a woman. And I've been fairly equal with both. For men, I get really nervous and I'm like freaking out. What are they going to think? I'm going to have to tell them that I've grown it. Um, You know, all of this stuff comes up. Not so much now, but back. I mean, definitely not now. It's been three years plus since I've been with a man. But, you know, when I was dating men, it was definitely in the forefront of my mind until I dated that partner that encouraged me to be myself. And when I hooked up with women or dated women, it wasn't so much a consideration. And so what just unfolds out of that for me, obviously, is with women, I'm more comfortable. With women, I felt more like it was okay for me to be myself and like there was going to be more acceptance there. Whereas with men, there was this assumption that they wouldn't accept me unless I was a particular way. Like there's a particular way that I have to be in order to be yeah, desirable under the male gaze, right? It's what we're conditioned to believe. So that's really what came up for me in terms of stories. And it's interesting to note that difference. And when I first, I have such a distinct memory of when I first grew out my pubes and I was living in Melbourne and my partner at the time had this spa out in his backyard and there was a very tantric community there. So it was just normal for us to all nakedly get in the spa together. And I remember like growing them out. It started to become so terrifying to get naked and get in the spa. And yet it didn't matter if there were other women around with bushes or not, because that community there definitely was. I still couldn't find it within myself it was like oh it's okay for everyone else but I'm different it's okay for everyone else but if I do it that's not okay and you know I could even apply that to same-sex marriage and same-sex couples having children which is a whole other story but there's like this dogma for me of I don't mind if other people do it but if I do it it's different and armpit hair was the one that I actually ended up struggling with the most, like I thought armpit hair was really gross and it really challenged me. But um, yeah, that were my main stories. Mel, what did you do to overcome the stories that you held around your body hair? I um, utilized the blessing of lockdown, <laughs> especially this year, to get over this hurdle that I had with being um, – being groomed and I wasn't like super like anal about it in terms of like it had to be done like frequently and often when I was just you know minding my own business or like being rather unconscious about how I was doing my body hair but like every time I would be set up with the date like there was this compulsion to groom and to make sure that I was sparkling clean at least with my like legs and armpits um if I was to go on a date even though I knew that I would not be having sexual relations with this person it was like 
there was this like really strong desire that like I had to be groomed a certain way in order for me to be presentable. So the blessing of lockdown happened and especially this last one that I've had in Sydney, it's been going on for like three months and it's been winter time and I just have not given a flying fuck about <laughs> my body hair because all the clients that I'm interacting with are, yeah, they are small, tiny humans, five and two years old <laughs> or like, or like, yeah. So they're the only people really touching or feeling my legs at any one stage. So yeah, I've grown out my leg hairs quite long. I think I lasted two months and they were thick. And I was like, cool, I didn't die. Cool. I went to the nude beach with hairy legs and I was fine. Or I actually saw that they, when I did have hair on my legs, it, it offered some like protection of sorts from the elements in terms of like I was also at the same time doing a lot of adventuring and um, climbing over rocks to get to cool nature spots and it just provided a bit of buffer and that's what I also love about growing my pews because I do like to go to the beach naked or do a lot of nude photography where I like to go ham in terms of getting the shot so it really brings me great comfort that I have a nice pubic hair mound protecting my vulva especially if I'm going to be sitting on rocks I don't want my vulva to be scraped in any way so just having that hair provides that cushioning um so yeah I've grown out my leg hair I did my armpits as well for the first time this year because that was something that I always struggled with or that I always felt was like unclean in terms of like I remember doing my first dancing one of my first dancing concerts when I was like 10 and your your hair starts kicking in around about that time prepubescent and I remember I had like this one long strand of hair and I was like begging and crying my mum to like pluck it because I felt so embarrassed or I didn't feel comfortable raising my arms and being on stage and scrutinized and obviously no one would freaking see because I'm on stage and the nearest audience member is like at least five and a half meters away um, but there was this urge of like feeling like I was vulnerable having this hair um, so I actually grew out my pits and that was so surprising for me because I've only ever allowed them previously to grow to like very short or like stubbly length and then I would reshave again but actually growing out your armpit hair like they become soft like and I didn't really know that I just expected them to be more of this this rougher texture so that really surprised me and I did it and it was cool and it's like I don't mind it um it was like interesting to see how my hair and sweat reacted in terms of like sensation so yeah I would do it again um and do it intentionally and see if I could do it for longer. But I'm like, I'm not mad about my armpits anymore, which feels really cool. Um, so, yeah. Ellie, do you have something to add? Yeah, I think that it's such an interesting conversation with armpits. Like when you're talking, I can remember 
when mine started to grow, my hair started to grow. And I used to do a lot of basketball as a kid. I played national level basketball and I was in lots of different intensive training things and like it consumed my childhood a lot. Um, but I also was a kid of the arts and I used to do drama school on Saturday mornings. So on Saturday mornings, I would have training for basketball and then I would have to go straight to drama school. And so I'd always be wearing like a basketball singlet. I used to wear this bogut singlet. Um, and <laughs> I can remember, you know, being on the stage and we'd have to bow. So we'd raise our hands right up and then we'd all bow together, like holding hands. And I hated it. I was mortified. And every Saturday morning when my hair was growing and I was going through this pubescent phase, I'd like try and keep my armpits covered while my hands were in the air. And let me tell you now, it doesn't work. <laughs> you can't, especially not when the kids on either side of me are, you know, most likely taller than me and raising their hands all the way up and pulling mine up. It didn't work. But I was so mortified at the thought of somebody seeing that I had a hair in my armpit. And something that really surprised me over the past maybe five years, four or five years, I've gone through these different phases of growing my armpit hair and then not and then growing it and then not and really wanting to overcome this dogma because it ended up being the last place of my body that I was not okay with having hair. And... I don't have a condition with myself that I have to be hairy everywhere, but I do want to just be okay with however I'm feeling like expressing, or if I happen to not shave for a couple of weeks, that I'm okay with it. Or if I happen to be, you know, caught, <laughs> that's even the right word for it, but caught with long hair anywhere on my body, I'm okay with it. And that's what I care about, that self-acceptance, that I don't want to be wasting energy worrying about how my body looks or how my body is groomed or presented. I just want to be being myself. That's where I want my energy to go. And the first time I grew out my armpit hair when I was home and my family saw it, I got teased a lot. And everyone thought that it was, you know, they're like, when is this phase going to be over? Like, isn't it gross? Like, why are you doing that? You know, there was so much judgment thrown at me, but it was so a mirror of the judgment that I was holding for myself. And not only that, but I was pleasantly surprised to discover, like I had this perception that if I grew hair, my armpits would really smell, um, which is, you know, interesting because when my legs are hairy, they don't smell. My arms have hair on them. They don't smell bad. My, I have pubes. It doesn't make my vulva or my vagina smell any worse, but I guess being the armpit, I just thought that if I had long hair, they'd smell. And I'd been exposed to or met so many men where they just like constantly smell like their body odor. And again, at the time, I didn't like that. But I actually found that, A, when I grew it out, like it hit this spot where suddenly it was like self-deodorizing and I wouldn't smell. And that was super interesting. And B, I had this realization dawn on me that, okay, but our smells are, again, our nature and put us as animals. I want to be dating. I want to be making love to. I want to be with someone who 
loves and is turned on by my natural smell. I mean, when you're making love, it's not like you never sweat. It's not like your body never has an odor. It's not like we don't all have a particular scent between our legs. Of course we do. So why would I try and groom myself in a way where I dull down my smells, I dull down my body's natural expression of pheromones and you know these hormones that are supposed to be connecting it's super counterintuitive and you know there's so much psychology to explore in this area but even as a concept thinking of again if i'm an animal in nature and this is how i love to position myself best i can because i'm i'm just dedicated in this life to living my true nature and purpose i don't think that comes from disconnecting me from nature and from the nature that I am. And I think of it like that. And then I'm like, okay, well, if I was an animal, if I was out in the wild, I would want to be attracted to the smell of my mate. Like there would be something there that turned me on. And there's this aspect of nature that will point us in the right direction of the right lovers. And when I think about it, if I'm actually honest, for all the relationships that I've been in, the ones where I have actually smelt their body odors and enjoyed it, they've been the healthiest freaking relationships. And the ones where I can think of that partner and I could just think of a particular aftershave or a particular perfume or a particular something, that's not them that I'm smelling. It's like my body's being turned on by this artificially created scent not them and actually when I started to play with that concept as well lovemaking and relating really shifted for me because it was about what my body was drawn to on all levels not just what my gaze was taught to appreciate but actually what my body was drawn to and it just became really beautiful I love that I love that so much. I love that primal essence or back to nature concept that you've been dropping throughout this whole conversation. I think it's I think it's amazing and I think it's like underrated in the sense of like we we can taught ourselves so much in so many different facets whether it's our fashion, whether it's our body hair, whether it's our smell, but like really we want to, in our heart of hearts, we want to be choosing partners that accept and love us as they are or are naturally turned on and invigorated and inspired by us as we are. So this process of getting naked and raw, like on all these different levels, like like you said, it's like such a good filtering process because um, also as you've been saying, like if I forget to shave or if I forget to put deodorant or deodorant on, like I don't want to be self-conscious about it. Like I just want it to be okay. I don't want to be shamed for who I am. It's like I want to be loved and accepted. And the best way that I found is actually putting your best foot forward in the terms of putting your most authentic foot forward straight off the bat. Um, and I feel like we do this on so many levels with relationships. It's like, we, we change so much about ourselves or we 
contort ourselves to be perceived through a certain societal lens of what's good or okay. But truth be told, we're going to have quicker, quicker to match or better paired relationships when we are our most comfortable self. And that doesn't mean that you're like ungroomed, this hairy wild woman who, um, yeah, talks like not smack, but talks rough straight away. Like that's, that's not your nature. That's not, but it's, um, like to meet someone authentically in their heart and in their body. It's like, I get to find my true resonance with you. And that's a reflection of me finding the resonance of my own heart and my own body and my own spirit. And that's, I believe the end game. Um, so yeah. Big time. I mean, sorry. Just cut you off. Just get really excited. That's okay. We're all having very exciting conversations. Now, I was just going to say thanks for the epic shares. Like, you're on fire. It's good, hey? And, I mean, I just think it's such a powerful conversation to have. And I encourage you, if you're listening, to make space for this conversation, even if it's with yourself, even if you acknowledge what stories come up for you around body hair? What stories come up for you around nudity? What stories come up for you around smells? And it's not to say that you have to agree with Mel and I. Mel and I tend a bit more towards, you know, having some hair there. And, and I know that we both currently trim a little bit and just follow our inspiration with that. But there's no right or wrong what I hope for the world or what I would love is a world of people being themselves. And I mean that in every sense of those words. I want people being themselves in their profession. I want people being themselves in their lovemaking. I want people being themselves in their creativity. I want people being themselves in their sexuality. And I think if there's anything preventing you from being yourself, even if it is some internalized dogma, which I mean, I think that's what it will be, highly likely, then that's for you to do something about. And it's not your fault that it's been put there. It wasn't my fault that as a young teenage woman, I was embarrassed to have leg hair. It's not my fault. But the moment that I become aware of it, it becomes something available for me to shift. It becomes now my responsibility to take action on, to have a conversation about, to do some work, to grow that hair out and see how it challenges me, to speak to my girlfriends about it, to speak to my guy friends about it, to speak to my lovers about it, and then actually eventually to get to a point where I don't have to speak about it. Like if somebody wants to ask me a question about my pubes, by all means, go ahead. Um, But it's not something that I feel like I have to justify or explain anymore. And to me, that's the point. I want to be myself without having to justify or explain it to anybody. And the more that I lean into where I'm uncomfortable, where I have shame, where I am holding myself back for fear of what will happen if I don't, for fear of how I will be judged or undesirable or outcast if I don't, that's where I actually get to present the gold of who I am to the world. And more importantly than anything else, that's where I get to present the gold of who I am to myself. Amen. Amen to all of that. You're dripping in gold today, Ellie Dayton. Epic. 
epic epic that my friends was a true insight into what the genus portal space is about I can 100% attest to what Ellie is giving but that's the transmission that we give you and that we would love to give you um should you come play with us um but yeah thank you so much Ellie for such a wonderful wonderful chat this morning you're so welcome thanks for joining me thanks for your willingness to share I would love if you are listening to this to hear your stories I'd love to hear your relationship with pubes I'd love to be tagged in stories on Instagram talking about body hair I'd love yeah I would just love to hear from you I'd love to be normalizing this conversation more and more even though uh, some of the social media gods don't really like letting us do that (laughs) but I'd love to normalize the conversation and I'd love to normalize you being you in whatever way you feel like you need to do that whether it be financial sovereignty whether it be physical sovereignty whether it be sovereignty with your emotional body even learning to listen to your intuition it's about being connected to your nature and being with you and that's what the genius portal is basically a big playground for so i love you thank you for listening we'll be back soon talking about who knows what but what Whatever is on our hearts, whatever we're inspired to speak about, that's what we're going to bring here. If you have questions, feel free to submit them. I love you and we'll see you soon. Thanks so much, Mel. It's the genius podcast.